Hey, I'm Clay Harrison. And I'm Matt Shaw, and this is EmbraceCast. Embrace is a new church in the greater Houghton area of Louisiana, and we are excited to be here with you today. Our goal is to help everyone point their lives to Jesus, so that's what we want to do together here, Matt and I, and we want to do the same thing with you. And on this episode, our first episode, what we're going to be doing is looking at the book of Ephesians. Matt, we've been uh, talking about Ephesians for a few weeks now as a church. We've uh, done some Bible studies, and mm -hmm. so uh, we had this episode to kind of really just look at the beginning parts of Ephesians. We, we may not even get into any verses, but but this book here uh, has brought forth a lot of questions, yeah. and um, and so what are what are some of the things that that you've heard, and what are some of the things that you bring as you approach this uh, this book of Ephesians? Well, I'll say you know the biggest thing is being able to look at text and and, and pull pull things out of it that that you wouldn't get when you're just reading it word for word and having okay. having the ability to kind of dig into the commentaries and, and really understand what it was that um, was being written at the time, who it was being written for, because um, I'd say if you're asking me one of the things that really just kind of stuck out to me the most is that this wasn't necessarily for the the Ephesus church and, and the Ephesians. It was for um, a group of people and, and as the, the journey was traveled, they would stop at different cities, stand in front and um, deliver a message. So um, that is... Um, one of the main things that I probably pulled out yeah. of this text, for sure. Well, uh, Ephesians definitely is an interesting book and a letter in our New Testament. And you may not be familiar with Ephesians, and maybe you're very familiar with Ephesians. And uh, that's okay if you're not. So Ephesians is a letter in the New Testament uh, that, that is uh, just a section here. And if people aren't familiar with uh, with the Bible, they're not familiar with Ephesians. Matt, what are some, some ways that have been helpful for you as we've uh, walked this journey with a few people of just opening ourselves up and, and introducing ourselves to, to the Bible and introducing ourselves? to this book well just kind of having a better understanding of um, <clears throat> of how we got the origin of this um, we've gone back and looked at some of the different uh, documents and understanding the Greek text and, and how to pull the Greek text in and understand it in a way that uh, maybe it's not presented to us and, and hearing the different versions and hearing how the different scholars came up with the different versions um, just kind of digging it to a point that maybe um, Definitely that we wouldn't normally do so being able to do that um, it's been the most to me um, and just being able to say you know what why was this written? When was this written? And what was it written for? And who? And and uh, and I will, you know, just kind of digging into that a little bit farther, yeah. saying for you, you know, you brought up during one of the times that it wasn't necessarily because most of Paul's letter is completely written different than most of Paul's letters. So to, for him to deliver what we would say is a sermon, um, it's just completely unique and different, and it really gives us a new perspective of what it is that um, that, that we are being called to with the ch as the church. So if uh, if someone's joining us for the first time and uh, they've never read Ephesians before, uh, what are some questions that um, that you feel like may be helpful for us to start with? And what are some places maybe that I can um, speak in and, and start as well? So what are questions maybe that you've heard from people? And, and get us started here as we uh, dig into this. Well, <clears throat> the first question, um, that we've heard quite a bit would be um, why um, why was this written and to whom was it written? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. It's a really good question. You know, there's a, a lot of things as we approach uh, Scripture, as we approach the Bible that we bring with us. And that can be... Um, 
sometimes it can it can be a real challenge because uh, for for our approach and when we open the Bible, the reality is 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 everyone has influence and been influenced um, as they approach the Bible. We are all raised in our own little microcultures and our own societies. It doesn't matter if we were raised in America or, or a certain part within America or somewhere else in the world. The reality is is we each um, are taught to see the world in a certain way, and so we bring that with us when we come to the text. And so when we open up um, a Bible and we look at the New Testament, well, let's say we pull up Ephesians and whether it be on our phone or, or right here in our, in, our, um, in our Bibles, the reality is, is the first thing we have to realize is that we bring stuff with us. We bring answers to questions that we formulated from our experiences and those questions have to do with, um, well, you know, why am I reading this? Well, we each come with that for a different question, for a different reason. So why are we reading Ephesians? Why, uh, why should I read Ephesians? Who is, who's the person writing this and, and the words that are used? So there's a lot of words that we're going to hear in Ephesians that are kind of culturally charged. Now, we're talking particularly from an American culture and especially within Louisiana. So, uh, so we bring that and we have to be able to acknowledge that as we approach yeah. the Bible. This is what we bring to the table. We, we recognize we're, we're approaching it from this perspective. And so we need to be honest with, with those pieces. But we're going to hear words. And every time we hear these words, we're going to think about in our minds, well, this is what I think that word means. And as we dig into Ephesians, one of the things that I hope is helpful for others, that was helpful for me, is, uh, is really looking at the way in which those words have meaning in their own context, which means that the words that we hear may not have the same meaning that we bring to them. It doesn't mean that um, that we want to, you know, um, throw shade at anybody who sees it differently from us, or um, or that that we're wrong for seeing a certain way. We just want to make sure that when we read words that are written in a document that is this old, and this was written thousands about about almost two thousand years ago, um, not quite two thousand, but almost two thousand years ago, we need to make sure that we that we understand the words as they were written in their day. So when we hear words like we'll just throw some out here like will and grace and um, destiny and in those pieces like. Those are words that we we watched movies about that have used those words. We've got comic books. We've got all many so many things that are influencing those words. So um, so we need to think through, and we're going to have to spend some time really um, dissecting. Okay, what is it that we're bringing, mm -hmm. and then what is it that the text is not bringing? Right. Okay. So that the, that we can we can hear what's being said. So the first thing I say when we approach this is making sure that we that we understand its audience. That's going to help us read it uh, in the way in which it's meant to be read. Uh, but it's also recognizing that just because it was written to a particular audience in a particular style, using particular words, it doesn't mean it doesn't have application for us today. Right. And it doesn't mean that some of the things that we've heard necessarily are bad applications. We just make sure that we're getting there for the right way. So um, so it's okay to, to approach this text from where we're at. We just need to recognize that sometimes we bring things with us that we see a certain way that kind of can, can be confusing on our end. Um, so that's, does that um, raise any questions for you or any insights? Yeah, I mean that's, yeah, I would 100% agree. I think, you know, for me, <clears throat> Understanding that, that Ephesians is not necessarily a problem-solving message; it's more mm -hmm. of an encouragement message, and it was important for Paul, you know, to to deliver, have this delivered mm -hmm. to us. And you know, 
I, I'm one of those guys that when you, when, when I'm hearing things and something just pops in my head and I can't get it out of there, I just want to share it. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned that, that the cost to write one of these books is, in today's money, it would be about $200,000. Um, that was how important it was for Paul to get this mm -hmm. message out. So for us to be able to take a step back and say, um, this was mm -hmm. so important that he wanted to, he spent his time, his money mm -hmm. to make sure that this message of encouragement was mm -hmm. delivered to us. Um, it is important for us to make sure we dissect it and understand it. Yeah, books were definitely um, expensive to write, uh, regardless of you know how expensive they were. I mean, even if they were tens of thousands or thousands or hundred thousands, the reality is 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 depending on what's being written and how it's written and how it's distributed, it does cost money. Yeah, and um, that is an aspect that we miss. So you know, one of the things that's important to um, to this letter as we approach it and dig into it is what we call rhetoric. Have you ever heard the word rhetoric and where have you um, heard that used, that term used? Well, this is definitely that season. Uh, we, hear, <laughs> we hear it a lot with politicians and um, we hear it a lot um, almost every every politician you hear in every speech and every debate and all that stuff is going to talk about rhetoric. Rhetoric, so. yeah. Yeah, you know, um, with my primary education, my um, I, I'd never heard the word rhetoric before. It's not a word that's in my normal vocabulary. Now, maybe it's in your vocabulary, but it wasn't necessarily in my vocabulary. And uh, the reality is, is rhetoric is a very special way of speaking. And we still see it today. And the reality is we all use rhetoric. Uh, it's, a, it's a way in which we really persuade people. It's the art of persuasion. And there's nothing wrong with persuasion. Uh, we use that for a lot of different reasons. If I'm going to go to a store and I want to get a discount on something, I may want to persuade them. Like, right. hey, maybe this thing's gotten a little, you know, it's messed up or this, this shop vac doesn't work the way I wanted it to work. So maybe I need a discount yeah. on it. So, uh, so we like to persuade things. If you've got kids or you've been around families at all, man, we try to persuade the heck out of some kids to help yeah. them, you know, make sure they, they eat their vegetables or clean their rooms. So, right. so we're used to persuasion. Uh, the way in which we persuade is going to be dependent on our context. If we get pulled over by a cop, we're probably going to try to persuade that cop in a different way in which I would persuade my kid to do something. Yeah. Um, so our context of how we're talking, where we're talking, dictates the way in which we're trying to, to persuade somebody. So persuasion isn't the same thing as manipulation. A lot of people can be manipulated or can use their words to manipulate others. Manipulation is something totally different. What we're talking about is the art of persuasion. And in essence, there's really nothing wrong with the art of persuasion. We're always trying to persuade people. When we're talking about um, our views, whether it be on politics or it be on food, uh, maybe somebody has a diet or whatever it may be, we're always using persuasion. We're trying to help people see things our way. We're trying to helpful, help people. And in many ways, we're doing it to create a conversation. So um, so, so that may be something that we're not necessarily familiar with talking about as, as, um, as a culture and as individuals, but persuasion, the art of persuasion, is what Paul uh, was raised in. And we call that rhetoric. And it's so important for uh, for the scriptures when we understand the rhetoric that's being used. And every letter in our New Testament has a different form of rhetoric. And there's actually a lot of styles, and we don't have to get into the, the details of those pieces because they use a lot of fancy words and, yeah. and pieces like that. But what we can do is define them by, uh, by the way in which they are used. And so Paul has in his toolbox, if he's going to be talking to people, he has many different ways to talk to them. Maybe he needs some, something to be corrected. Maybe somebody's done something and it was wrong. Okay, well, how do we help correct this person or help correct this group of people? Well, Paul is going to use a particular form of rhetoric a way of persuasion to help them move from the place that they're at to a different place. Yeah. 
Okay, well that's one way of speaking, uh, but maybe they want to persuade people for another reason. And so the Gospels are written in a particular form of rhetoric, in a particular um, genre as well, where they're trying to persuade people for a different purpose. So every letter in our New Testament, our, our, our New Testament is written by different authors, Every, every letter is written by somebody different, um, or, or groups of letters are written by somebody different. Paul is just one of those authors. And for people who aren't familiar with Paul, Paul is an early Christian, and he is influential in the New Testament because he was one of the major church planners in, um, in the early stages of the church. And so he went on journeys across the known world planning churches and creating these new establishments for Jesus. And so as he did that, one of the resources that Paul brought with him and it did cost money and it did cost resources is that as Paul spent time with people he always followed up and we actually hear in the in the the book of Acts how Paul traveled and sometimes three different seasons traveling through and following back up with these churches so not only did Paul spend time with people and teach them about Jesus and establish a new church he would come back through and check on them and he would also receive letters from them and write letters to them and so they stayed in constant communication and the way in which they communicated depending on what was needed they Paul would use a particular form of rhetoric so when we approach this book of Ephesians we need to understand that the way in which it's written has a particular style that's unique to it uh-huh. And when we understand its style, we understand its, its form of its art of persuasion, the form of persuasion that Paul is using. It really just begins to help us read this letter better. It's it's almost like the difference between trying to read Harry Potter as uh, as a fiction book or a nonfiction book. And if we under there's nothing wrong with reading Harry Potter at all. And but we, if we try to read it in in a different genre, in a different way in which it's, it's intended to be read, read by its author, well then we're going to miss a large yeah. aspect of it. And so understanding and reading things from the way they're written with the right genre, with the right with the right um, rhetoric, man, it just really opens the door for a lot of things. Well, I, I may have used a, a, some words that people aren't familiar with in that and definitely not familiar with in talking about when it comes to scripture. So what are some things that stand out in what I've just shared and what are some um, questions that maybe people may be asking right now as, as I've just said that? Well, I would say you know, as far as Paul, you know, Paul is a very um, scholarly person. He he grew up as a Roman, had a lot of uh, probably the top schools and the best education you could mm-hmm. possibly get. He knew how to speak. He knew how to communicate. He knew how to deliver a message. Um, so part of that rhetoric was training. I mean, he truly yeah. was was given the tools and, and the training to understand what it was and how to deliver a, an effective message, yeah. um, which is why you know his writing is so good as well. Um, so that is the biggest thing that you know kind of points out to me is is Yes, he went from place to place, so he had that knowledge, he had that understanding, and he used that knowledge mm-hmm. to um, to really deliver a message, to deliver a, um, a, a word of hope, yeah. um, and, and, and an understanding that we are connected to God in a way that we maybe didn't even understand before. So that is what I love about Ephesians the most, is that he used that knowledge, he used that understanding to get in there and say, you know what, this is an encouragement message for you to understand. Yeah, so Paul, man, he... He is is very much trained in what he's doing and how he's doing it. So along this journey, he understands that uh, that that there is a, diff- a particular way of speaking that's going to impact his audience the most. And um, he is he is actually a, a really top um, a communicator 
let's just put it easy, uh, easier term that way, communicator. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's studying the people who are popular communicators in his culture, people like Seneca and others. So he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not shooting from the hip. He's choosing his words on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and because of that, he has a lot of styles he can bring with, us, bring with him. So when we look at this letter, let's just give a little context to Paul and, what, and, and things like that as we're here. We'll probably take some time in the future to, to do an episode just on Paul. Yeah. Because there's a lot that we could share about Paul in general. But Paul, he's an early Christian. He's starting churches uh, around uh, the Roman Empire. And as he's doing so, uh, he has he's, he's written several letters, and, and we've had those collections now in our New Testament. And Ephesians is one of the last letters that's written. And Paul is in, in uh, under house arrest. He's actually in Rome. He's waiting to see the emperor of Rome, Caesar. And as he's there, he he's written several letters, and this is one of the last letters he writes. And he actually sends this letter and another letter together. And so a letter then that's in our New Testament that you may or may not be familiar with this letter of Colossians. And so he writes this letter of Colossians and he writes this letter um, that we have in, this, in our New Testament called the, uh, the letter of Ephesians. And he sends them together. But each letter is different. So the book of Colossians is written in a style that's different from, from the style of persuasion for, for this letter of Ephesians. Colossians is dealing with something. So the way in which he writes there, he's going to approach that from a different standpoint because he's talking to a particular group of people who are dealing with something. And so he wants to persuade them to make a step in a different direction. Yep. You've done this and now I want to help you make a different step to move your move your life forward, to move your faith forward, and as a church to take a step forward. Ephesians is written differently. Where we would expect this letter to be written to a group of people in Ephesus and maybe they'd be dealing with something, but that's not what we find. In fact, what we find is that, that Paul is using a particular style of persuasion, style of rhetoric that is similar to, um, to, to conversations in, in public um, addresses that would have been common for uh, pumping and amping people up. So this hype man, yeah, he's the hype man, man. He, I mean, this is this is something you would expect to hear in an athletics uh, scene. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how does a coach pump up uh, his his people before his uh, you know his team before they get out there on the field, or how do they pump up people out there in the audience? So this would be a letter that uh, that, that that is written in a style of persuasion that's meant to amp people up. The same thing would be true in um, letters that are similar in um, in age of generals who are trying to amp up their soldiers. So you know how you know what do you need to tell somebody before they go into war? Yeah. Okay. So so this is a particular style of rhetoric, a style of persuasion that's that's used to, to build up. It's used to encourage. So this letter is not going to be dealing with problems. Right. And I think that's one of the things that make it so unique about the New Testament and why I love Ephesians so much is Paul's not coming to this to deal with a problem. Mm -hmm. He's coming to this to help us have a little more knowledge. Than, uh, than we had before. Because the reality is, is since he's not necessarily dealing with issues, the question we have to ask yourself then, what is he dealing with? Why is he writing this letter? And so this letter, if we were to sum it up, we might would say that it's a reminder for people of what is true and what are the things that we ought to know that matter today? Yeah. So this is written to people to help amp them up and encourage them for today. It's not focused on the past and it's not focused on the future. And anything we hear about the past, anything we hear about the future, only has to do with bringing us back to our reality in the present. So this is very much about what matters to us right now. 
today and in this audience in their day. And it is very much focused on, on enhancing our truth and drawing us closer to the truth and the, the virtues of, of how we should be living today. And that makes it very, very unique. Now, it doesn't mean that Paul doesn't use that, that those, those, those points in other letters, but this entire letter is about this is what you should know to be true, and you need to anchor yourself in this truth today. This should give you encouragement for today. You shouldn't be living in the past, and you don't really even need to be living in the future. You need to be living today, and this is the things that should give you encouragement for today, and out of the encouragement today, hope for tomorrow. So that is very, very unique, and, and you mentioned it earlier. It's maybe what we would even call a sermon. Um, and, and you know it has a lot more teaching aspect uh -huh. to it rather than uh, than, than correction. So, um, so so I actually have here. This is a um, what they call a a Bible journal or something. I believe it's a Bible journal, scripture journal. This is uh, just the letter of Ephesians. This is in a, um, a English Standard Version, and it's um, has the 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 text on one side and a place to do notes and I don't know if y'all can see that or not but man I have notes all written through this as I've been digging through Ephesians and I've had this book for probably a little over a year now as I've been working through it and um, so some of the notes that I have written here about this is that in the style of persuasion uh, as I mentioned earlier that Paul is not aimed at action or decision but he's seeking seeking again to enhance knowledge to enhance our understanding and our belief and he's often going to do that through praise or blame. Uh -huh. But here, the focus is on what is true on earth and in heaven right now. Okay, so he wants to anchor us in. This is our reality. Yeah. And if this is our reality, what are we going to do with it? Um, so what are your thoughts on, on some of the things that we're sharing there? Well, <clears throat> I think that um, sometimes we often... Um, if you, if you go to a to a church and you, you get a message, it feels like a lot of the times when you're going to a church to receive a message, it's going to be a message of, hey, you're doing this wrong, let's get you right. You know, you're doing this wrong, let's get you right. It's like yeah. a mechanic with his tools, you oh know, trying God. to, trying like to every tune Every time, right? right? Every time. So we got to learn something today, then got to get it right. So Paul is one of our greatest examples of what um, of what it is to live a godly life. And, and yeah. he takes time away from that to say, you know what? We also need to encourage, we need to love, and we need to show that. So, yeah. Definitely. That, that's what I get from most of that is just saying, you know what? We're not trying to tune you up. We're trying, to, <laughs> trying to lift you up. And that's a big difference. Yeah. Well, so uh, some of the things that we can expect and um, that we may not hear as much in our English version, and mm -hmm. this is something we need to recognize, is this letter when it was really originally written was written in Greek. Yeah. Okay. In Greek, it had been the... The lingua, the lingua franca, the the national language, the the or, or the spoken language, the general language that people use. People had a lot of other languages in their belt, like Hebrew or Latin or local languages, depending on their culture. But Greek was kind of the the, the staple around the empire at this period. So this letter was written in Greek. And it was written in a, in, a, in, a, in a language that everybody would have had access to. You couldn't have done business in Paul's day without knowing Greek. You had to have Greek because yeah. the empire, even though we think about Rome, we typically think about Latin, it's not too much later that Latin becomes the, the national language or the global language here. The, so really what we're looking at is, is Greek, is Greek. And so uh, this letter had been originally written in Greek and as, as, 
as doing so that Greek is different from English. Mm -hmm. And so when we come to our Bibles today, our Bibles are, are how we're receiving this letter. So there has been a process and a history that has gotten that language from Greek to us today in English. Okay, and there's a lot of different, and we're going to do a special episode in the future as well where we talk about how we got our Bible today and and what about different Bible translations and how can I know what's true and why do things look differently. But the reality is, is we have a Greek text and that Greek text, we need to bring it into English so that you can understand it today. Well, when we do so, there's a lot of ways that we uh, that we approach that text, and um, I look forward to the episode where we can talk about you know why is it that we you know do we need to translate this very literally? Do we need to take it word for word and say this is the actual words of the Greek? Uh, well, we could, but because Greek is so different from English, we wouldn't necessarily understand it. Right. It'd be, it almost sound like broken English, and and then the, we may would miss some of the concepts. So do, do we need something that's really focused like that, or do we need to focus on something that's some more concepts? You know, am I getting the the, the actual content? That that's trying to be delivered, but am I in doing so, am I missing some other pieces? So it's hard mm -hmm. to go from one language to another. And it and that's that's true today of any yeah. modern language as well. So it's not a, it's not an old problem, it's, a, it's an everyday problem when it comes to communication. So we are dealing with the with a book with a letter that was written in Greek, and it was written a long time ago. So it's in a different culture, mm -hmm. it's in a different style, yeah. it's in a different language. All those pieces impact the way in which we bring that to English. And so there's always something when it comes to a translation, it doesn't matter if it's of the Bible or something else out there, there's always something that's going to kind of be lost in translation. And that's just because of the nature of translation. Uh, it just, there's a lot that, that we do with language. Mm -hmm. And so there's aspects of this that we'll, we'll pick up to and get hints of that that would be a lot more evident to its original audience in Greek. So some of the things that Paul brings with him in his tool belt and his art of persuasion with Ephesians is that he's going to use, here's some words that I have here that he's going to use. He's going to elaborate. Uh -huh. So this is very unique in this letter. Paul is going to take some time and elaborate. Uh, you may see some parallelisms as well. Uh, and in the original language, you would hear a lot of rhythms. Yeah, and, and and I'm not going to read this in Greek because it would just be Greek to you, and that's right. not helpful, right? But you would even be able to pick up in Greek, even if you don't know Greek. If, if we were reading this out loud, you'd begin to hear some rhythms in mm -hmm. the language. Well, that's important. Yeah. Um, and so there's maybe something that we might consider poetic about it uh, that we're not going to necessarily get in English. So that means that we're going to have balanced lengths and sounds as we approach this text in Greek. So there's going to be rhythms, going to be a balance to the words and to the phrases. Um, but Paul is also going to use a lot of artistic expression in this. Remember, he's mm -hmm. trying to amp people up. He's trying to encourage them. So he's going to take some liberty in doing so. So when he does so, what Paul is trying to do in this letter, he's going to use a lot more impression over precision. So sometimes we approach the Bible and we approach it to be very precise. Okay, so we'll look at word for word and we and we want to make sure that that you know this word means this one thing. Well Paul is gonna want is wanting to leave an impression and because he's gonna do that by, by using synonyms and wordplay and wit and irony and humor, he's gonna be playing with emotions and metaphors and synonyms and all these pieces, that means that he is building upon these these spaces in our mind, these categories, and he wants to leave a lasting impression rather than be precise with his language. So he may not be so concerned that we leave with a particular word 
And okay, this is the word I want you to, to remember. And sometimes we, we get that with sermons, right? Um, if, if people are in the church, we get that from politics. Mm -hmm. I want you to get this one point, and I'm going to approach this one point yep. over and over and over again. And so you know whether this this person who's um, who, who's campaigning, you know that one thing that they're trying to campaign about. Um, or if you go to a church or you've heard a speech, you know you know this one thing they're trying to communicate. And typically, right. it's, a, it's a it's a key word or key phrase. Paul is trying to actually build a lasting impression rather than trying to build upon precise words. Now he's very precise in his words, but that means that he's going to take that same category and he's going to approach it from multiple ways. So uh, we call this today cognitive cognitive linguistics. Uh, now Paul didn't call it that, didn't know anything about it, but, but the art of persuasion, it, it understands our mind. And so when we hear things, and this is a letter that's been read out loud, and when we hear things, we watch things, we read things, the reality is, is our mind is always making space for stuff and categories. So as Paul starts this letter out, he's going to use some words that are putting some spaces in our mind. There's just some kind of like fill in the blank. And we may even consider our mind as like a, like a filing cabinet. And he pulls out a drawer and he puts a bunch of folders in there. Yep. And he's going to come back and fill those folders with some information. Mm -hmm. So he's building categories in our mind that he's going to constantly come back to in this letter. So some of the themes that we see and some of the words that we see in the very beginning, he's going to constantly pull those back and elaborate on them and build on them so that when we leave, we have a lasting impression of a particular idea that he wants to communicate that's truth for today that he wants us to remember and hang on to and not forget. Get. Right. So that's really important to the way in which he's writing. Um, but we may not be used to hearing some of these things. I mean, the fact of the matter is Paul uses wit and irony and humor a lot. And that may be not something that people are comfortable with right. when they approach the Bible. But uh, but I actually love that aspect of it. That's one of my favorite aspects about the Bible is some of the humor that's involved mm -hmm. and some of the shade throwing. So, um, so as we approach this text, these are some of the pieces that matter. And when we dig into Ephesians, these are the things that we can expect. We can expect that there's going to be aspects of this, even as we're reading in English, that we're going to be like, man, I feel like there's something more here. I feel like these words that are being used in English are kind of all similar. So why are we using different words? Well, it may just be the case because Paul is using these words to help communicate an idea. So um, that's some of the things that we can expect as we dig into this. Um, what are your thoughts or um, anything that you feel like would be helpful as we dialogue more on that aspect of persuasion for Paul? Well, for me, you know, I, I have to understand where the author is going, why he's yeah. going there, and, and what he's doing. So for me, being able to hear some of just what we've just talked about and being able to set it mm -hmm. up for what is coming, I would encourage all of you just to, to hear this and then just start reading it and kind of uh, saying, yeah. okay, what, Paul, what are you saying? You know, what, what is being said? Um, yeah. And being able to do that through this um, is just so helpful to me. So I would just encourage all of you to, um, we're going to get through this. You know, oh, absolutely. Slowly, but I would absolutely. encourage you to read the whole thing and really understand what it is. It's a short book. It won't take you too long. Um, but read the whole thing and really say, what is Paul trying to give me in this message? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Read this book and read this letter and read it over and over again as we mm -hmm. dig through it. And as you read it, man, write down questions. Write things that write down those words that stand out and the in the in the things that stand out to you, the phrases, the words, the insights. Because even if somebody were to read this twenty times yep. as we go through it, there's going to be more that we're pulling out. Well, we're getting low on time, so I want to just hit a few things as close here. Uh, our video cut off, so there's a little bit of right here. So let's just kind of bring this to the, to a close for yeah. people and and, and, um, and 
and get ready for our next episode. So, so Paul here, as he's writing Ephesians, he's sitting in prison and he's writing this letter. And as we get to the end of the Ephesians, we're actually going to see who's writing this letter with Paul. Okay, so Paul is actually teaching somebody how to deliver this letter, and we'll talk a lot more about that as we get there. So uh, this letter is going out with another letter, the book, the the letter of Colossians, and it's going to travel the ancient world. And we'll look at that path in our next episode of the path that this letter is going to take. And so we have a lot of opportunity to talk about that as we dig into Ephesians. But as Paul is writing this letter, he's using a particular style of persuasion, a, a way of writing that we call rhetoric. And it's really important to understand the rhetoric as we approach this. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about a little more of, of the importance of understanding that rhetoric as we dig into the first verse, the second verse, because it's going to help us answer some of the questions that we may have heard about this, this book as we get there. But the focus on writing this and the focus that Paul wants us to leave with is he wants to build us up he wants to encourage us because he wants to remind us of what is true in our reality today and if this is our reality and this is our truth and this is the truth of the world then that impacts us today yeah and that also stands against some of the other things that we hear to be true yeah so what Paul is trying to say this is reality Right. This is what's true. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what other people are telling you. It doesn't matter what the other experiences you've had. There's a, there, this is truth. And when we understand our reality from this perspective, it changes who we are. It changes the way that we live. And it anchors us into a different way of being and a different way of approaching the world. It anchors us in our, um, our values. It anchors us in our virtues. And it makes sure that the way in which we live is in accordance with this truth. So I'm excited to dig into what Paul wants to communicate to people to say, man, this is true for today. This is true for you. This is the reality. And you can, you can, you can sink your feet into this. You can yeah. anchor yourself into this, and it's going to make a difference for today, and it's going to make a real difference for tomorrow. So that's that's the focus and the purpose of, of Ephesians. That's the style that he's writing in. It's why he's writing it. So we're going to get to have a lot of fun as we look at a lot of words. We're going to have some categories that we're going to sit with, and there's not a lot, you know we can't talk about everything in these episodes, right. right? So so we're going to even work in the way in which Paul wants us to work as we dig into this episode after episode. We're going to create these spaces in our mind that Paul is opening up that we're going to feel later. So as we create these spaces in our mind, man, we're going to come with a lot of questions and that's okay. Write those questions down. Ask those questions. That's what Paul wants us to be doing actually is, is opening our mind up, creating a space for a word that we think we know what it means and that we've had filled that word and that category and that theme with a lot of things from our experience, just like his audience would have been. So Paul wants to open that category up mm-hmm. and redefine that, that category in our mind so that we can build upon it for our truth and our reality. So uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. I really look forward to jumping into Ephesians and digging into this stuff. I, I look forward to being able to bring um, my my education and, mm-hmm. and my gift to this text, to being able to, to approach the, the, the biblical text, being able to approach it from Greek and understanding of the Greco-Roman world. And, and along the way, we'll make some mistakes. We're not editing this. This is completely live. And so we're, um, we're, we're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. I want to misspeak and some things like that. And there's going to be some pieces of I'm going to have to say, I'll have to get back with you on that. I don't know. So I'm going to be completely honest with you as we approach this. I'm not going to be making stuff up. And there may be some things that I do have to come back and be like, you know, I said this. 
I really meant to say this instead. Well, if you it, have, ha it happens. If they have questions or comments, they can put in their comments. We'll be happy oh, to answer absolutely. those. And, absolutely. Um, maybe speak. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, we thank you so much for joining into this episode of Embrace Cast, and I pray that it's been helpful for you. Uh, what we're doing here is, is important work. It's important to us. It's on my heart. It's on Matt's heart. And it's important to us as a community of Embrace. Embrace is a new church in the greater Houghton area, and our focus is we want to help people point their lives to Jesus. And any way that we can do that, we're here to walk that life and that journey with people. And uh, because of that, this, this Embrace Cast is, is focused on on taking those small steps and providing a space where we can go a little deeper, uh, and for especially for people who aren't able to be present with us at all of our yeah. at all of our offerings. So <laughs> if this has been helpful for you, and if it's brought up some questions, let us know. Leave comments uh, below wherever you're watching this, whether it be on Facebook or YouTube or some other device, or if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, feel free to, to send us those questions at info at embraceyourparish.org or on our social media. You can always follow us at embraceyourparish.org. Go to our website, find us on all of our social media. Uh, platforms and uh, you know this is this is really important to embrace because it also is a way in which we can be good news and be yeah. the good news of Jesus for others and if that's important to you what I'd say is is, is help us to, to to make that happen partner with us and every point of generosity that somebody brings to the table allows embrace to make a bigger impact so embrace us here because of people like you and the people like you who are generous and who are making this space available yeah. so if you like this video and you want more videos like it, you can go to embraceyourparis.org and uh, make, it, make a donation. You can even set up recurring donations. Uh, $10 a month goes a huge way for us yeah. and it helps provide the space for us to continue to offer this. And as we, I look forward to growing with you, I look forward to growing with Embrace and growing in these aspects and seeing where this journey takes us. So until next time, thanks for joining us and have a great day. Thank you all.